What's up? This is Wes Graham from the Harbor 21310, and you're listening to the G-Funk Junkies Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the G-Funk Junkies. My regular co-host has decided to take a break from podcasting, and so today I'm writing solo. As a special guest, I'm honored to have the privilege to have a rapper who uh, has uh, a very interesting story and I think is probably one of the most underrated voices in the uh, underground. I'm of course talking about Westside Grimm, aka Wes Grimm. What's going on, dude? Not much, why well, just chilling. <laughs> Why don't you enlighten us and the fans on your story and your comeuppance and um, how you got involved with, with the rap game. And uh, more interesting is y- your relationship with uh, Spanish Fly and um, your relationship with Familia Records and just your whole career in general, man. I'm, I'm really interested in hearing your story. All right. No doubt. Me and Frank grew up in a big family. We didn't know each other as cousins growing up but we went to the same school and i uh okay i um through my other cousin big man he we were at tower records one day and i seen a single 18 with the bullet he's like hey that's our cousin I'm 18 with the bullet. he actually stole the tape while we were there he's like yeah that's my cousin's tape and he stole it <laughs> i was like I go, that's our cousin? He's like, yeah, he lives right here in Carson, man. We'll go over there. H- had you heard the song up at, uh, up to this point when when uh, 18 with the Bullet came out? I didn't hear it. I heard it on the way home. He stole the tape. So <laughs> we, we, we were playing it, and I was like, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Just think of the as I kill. Look at the cemeteries I feel. And I still will get ill and still. You learned the message. You already should have knew it. To be honest with you, I didn't. I didn't like the cadence of it. It wasn't my my type of. I, I didn't I didn't understand the cadence of it. How how it's it was slow. I was like, damn, he's rapping eighteen with a bullet, like, right. So he's just tripping me out. Mm-hmm. And um, so I meet Frank, and uh, it's I'll, I'll just I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I'm just gonna I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you just the real shit. This is the real stuff. The first day I meet my cousin. I roll up there. He's got an acid tab in his tongue. I'm like, I'm like, I'm looking, looking at him like, man, he's a trippy dude, like in the music and everything. And so, um, after when I went there, we were just, we play music, we kick back. And I was like, I was like, man, I, I'm gonna come back tomorrow, man. And, and we just chop it up, catching up, talking about the family and, and, uh, and, um, in school. And it turns out we went to the same school, Carnegie, right there in Carson. I was always I was always getting kicked out of schools <laughs> in junior high, so like I went there and didn't even know my cousin went there. We knew the same people and and uh, same crowds. There was Raskaz actually went there at the same time that we went there. Yeah, I think Frank mentioned that to me uh, in in a conversation we had. Yeah, he he went to the school. I didn't I didn't I knew him as John. I think his name is uh, Austin or something like that. But uh, I knew the crowd. They were all hip hop. I liked hip hop. The um, I think the bridge had just dropped, so it's like, you know, MC Shan. Yeah, the bridge is over. Yeah, uh, well, it's the bridge, MC Shan. Oh, sorry, sorry, my bad. That that was the response that KRS One had. Yeah, you're yeah, right, my bad. So it's like, um, everyone's at that time it was beatboxing, 
I, I I wasn't really into school. I didn't take it serious. So it was just like, you know, we were just all hit, playing hip hop and stuff and stuff. But Frank at that time was into DJing. I didn't know that. Um, I didn't learn that till later when, when, after we were talking. And so I just started hanging around with them a lot. I was in the streets. I, I was on the west side of Wilmington and, and just doing my thing with my cousin. We were in the projects. And when nighttime or, you know, when if, if things got hot, we'd, I'd just go to Carson, kick back with Frank. We'd play music. And uh, I was like, man, this is cool. You know, like he had turntables and, and uh, he had just got a four track. It was um, he got a four track. A little Tascam four track on on a Thanksgiving night. I think it was uh shoot, ninety one or ninety two, and um he was mixing uh look over your shoulder, mm-hmm. and he had a uh, just ice days away back. He he was mixing them two together. I was like that's dope, man. We were just you know he was making beats and stuff like that, just mixy stuff. So around that same time, um. Daz, Daz came over, and uh, it turns out Frank's house right there in Carson. He didn't he didn't say it in his interview, but uh, his place in his house in Carson, man, that that was the spot. The the house on Anchor, man, that that place was like the place where everyone kicked it. Everybody kicked it there. Girl, they had girls coming over, and and uh, you know they were sipping and stuff and smoking bud, and everyone it, that was like his spot. Like everyone would go there and kick back. You know, you could go kick back there. All right. So I'm a little curious, man. Like you being from Wilmas and your cousin out in Carson and all the rivalries around. I mean, were tensions always up in the air or I mean, was it always cool with you guys or, or what? What was that situation like? Well, where he stayed at, where he stayed at, um, we knew that it, at the time when we go over there, uh, we knew that a couple blocks down, you know, that was like where Carson's hood was. And uh, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, being back then, we, we were young. We were, you know, doing stupid shit. When we leave Frank's house, we'd go down there. We'd, you know, throw it up. You get busted on right there, you know, like yeah. it, it was just stupid stuff. We leave his house and then we'd go down there and just, you know, mess around with, you know, just, just do the rivalry thing. Yeah, yeah. And head back to Wilmington. But um, yeah, it wasn't really uh, it wasn't really that hot around that time. Um, we had a we had a problem over there in, with Pedro at that at that time. It was it was crazy back in the project. That was off the okay. That was crazy back then. Going to Frank's house and uh, uh that was around the time when um, when Brumfield came down. He's like, all right, we're gonna do this. He wanted to finish up um. I guess they had released, he had just released that wrong side of the tracks. Mm -hmm. That was another tape that came out with Rich Rock on the cover. Yeah. So um, I started seeing these singles pop up at Tower Records. I was always at Tower Records. And so it's like, you see the the tequila one, and then uh, we were at the Swamp Meet, we seen the wrong side of the tracks. And so um, Brumfield wanted to finish up the, he wanted to actually finished recording uh for that trust no man album okay it's because uh so and I'll, I'll just add this in here when frank says that, that rich rock was a real mc i'll just this the first time i met i met rich rock the first time i met him 
and this is like one of two times that I met him. So this time I pulled up to, to Frank's house and uh and Frank and he was there and I was like, all right, man, I'm a, this is the older Leese guy, right? I'm, I was gonna yeah. you know mess with him. And so um I go, hey man, I'm a, I'm an MC, man. And he's like, and Richard, you know the way he talks, he's like, he goes, oh for real? And uh He's just a, he's a trippy dude. Did he say, hey, man, that's stupid? I was telling Rich about it. He was like, that, what? That's stupid. That's the way he would talk. That's stupid. Oh, no. Nah. No, nah, he, the way he would talk, he, he just, he was a trippy dude. He's like, what? You rap? Like, he's like, he was, he was a trippy, he was a trippy dude. So he sat in the back. I go, hey, I got a, I got a joint, man. Let's smoke a joint. And, um, I go, let's battle, man. Let's battle. So he sat in the back seat. And he sat in the back seat of my car, a little bucket I had, and um, I, I had uh, the ghetto instrumental, right by Too Short. And I go, I go, all right, man. I go, I go, you go, you go first. He's like, nah, man, you you go, you go. I was like, go, man. I I, I need to hear what you sound like, man. He he, I thought he was gonna rap like the 18 with a bullet. He just came off with some dope ass. Mm -hmm. He just man, he was flowing to that beat. I wasn't expecting that. And uh, I was just nodding my head. And I was like, all right, man. All right. And he's like, you go now, man. You go now. I mean, his rap was dope. It was dope. I was like, man, I'm not I'm not a rapper, man. I go, I'm a gangster, man. I ain't no rapper, man. And he's like, ah, oh, that's fucking whack. <laughs> and he's like, let me get that joint. So I gave him the joint and he just took off. He got out of the car and took off. He's like, it's whack, man. And he took off. And, uh... So I didn't see him again until they started talking about doing the album and, and releasing the um, that Trust No Man and Brumfield Book's time at uh, at Paramount Recording Studios. I I never been to a studio, but I, I uh, I'd be like, come on, let's roll, and I drive him out there. We go to we went to Paramount, and um, that night they tracked uh, that. Um, what was it? The murder going on in the area. Frank was adding all the, the scratches. Now, he had a ton of stuff he added to that track. Okay. And, uh... I, I... Look, for the record, I was... I was there in the studio in the Spanish Fly documentary. We'll get to that, but... The only thing that... that from me that made that documentary was my hand. I... I was throwing a sign up, <laughs> right? So uh, I was like, we'll get to the reason why that. Okay. It's, we'll get to the reason why. But um, so going over there, I was there the night that um, that we went to several sessions. Uh, I was there. The, I did the, the whistle to the uh, to, um, kill for thrills. Yeah, the kill for thrills. I'm the one who added that in there. And uh them sessions i used to just take bud and just man i smoked the whole room up okay we had the engineer in there like tripping she was tripping it was so smoky <laughs> brumfield had to tell me to stop he goes hey Graham, that's enough man that's enough yeah, bud man that's enough man it, it was just so cloudy in there we smoked that thing up that kills the thrill session man it was yeah it was crazy but um they We'd go over there. We'd stay there recording and uh, like leave at like six in the morning. And then uh, let's see. Uh, Frank went and did a couple sessions by himself to finish that up. But the what was it? The rest in peace. I wasn't there for that one. 
So at this time, at, sorry, sorry to cut you off here, but at this time you still weren't rapping, right? Like you hadn't laid down any rhymes of your own in, in your own spare time or anything. Yeah. So what, what what happened was when I would drive to Carson, I'd be flowing over instrumentals. Late night in the club, counting our stash. Me and my boys trying to double up the cash. We call up Ramona, hook us up with the bird, and now we got clients instead of hoes on the beat. I wasn't sure okay. of how I, if I could do it. I just, I knew I had the cadence and, and I was like, all right, I want to do it, but I don't want to like hear myself on the, on the, you know, like on the recording. Um, and I will add that at the same time I had homeboys from the West side, they were rapping mm -hmm. and, and, uh, that would turn into be lawless. They were known as the outlaws back then. Before you did the lawless. You were the outlaws. Exactly. Okay. We were the outlaws. W when did that start, and who was a part of the outlaws? The outlaws was a group made up of me, my homeboy Rock, his brother Shotgun, and uh, one of my homeboys named Sapo. So now from outlaws, you became lawless. Yes. When it all hit the fan and uh, the group broke up, I ran with that name, Lawless. For the reason is because it was connected to the outlaw name. Right. So that's, that's G and Sapo. Okay. They would do parties in the hood and and uh, and uh, they they kicked back at at um at a place later. I'll tell you about that place. It, it was a place on the west side and and uh, they'd be over there. I'd hear their stuff and I I come back and tell Frank they got some dope stuff over there, man. But they were getting their trust no man stuff. We were they were focused on doing that. So um after all this, when when I got into the rap. When I got into to doing the rap, the rap, uh, my own raps, it wasn't through my cousin Frank. It was uh, we had like a little falling out, me and my cousin. Okay. And uh, it was dad. I I was hanging around with Daz a lot, and then Daz is like, I pulled into his house and I had um, I go, let me show you something, man. I go, I'm gonna try this out. Let me let me just let me see what you know what you think about it. And it was a song called One in the Chamber, and he's like. He goes, dope, man. He goes, you could rap, man. You could do it. He goes, let's, let's record some, let's record some songs. And uh, me and him just started doing little four-track demos. And uh, we, it was just me and him. We were just recording songs. We were, we, I'd kick back at his house. We'd do it on four-track. And uh, yeah, that's how that's how it all started. I wasn't sure of myself. Daz was the first one to say. Um, yeah, let me hear it, and and yeah, that's it was on from then. Me and him were just doing our, our little demo tapes. Okay, so there was never any intentions to have you on the Trust No Man album. No, at that time, no. I just I was just uh, I I was in the streets at that time, uh, doing stupid stuff, and and uh, I was just driving to the studio. I was you know tripping on all the gear, the process, the recording process. Uh, met Brumfield. He's a trippy dude in himself, man. That guy's like a... Hey, he's a trip. Real cool dude. And uh, he's he's out, he's the one who would later on give me a give me a shot at recording. Okay. Okay. So this is where I want to get into here is is your relationship with uh, Murray Brumfield, uh, Familia Records, and. If you can kind of just give us a little glimpse of, of your involvement or relationship with uh, the Shaft Gangsta Click. Yeah. No doubt. So um. Yeah. So when so when it came down to that project, uh, 
uh, Brumfield called us. He called us into there. He called a bunch of rappers. He had rappers from Inglewood, Long Beach, uh, Oceanside. Uh, That's the city, man. That's the city. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had he had um, two man look from San Diego, and uh, I forget the other cat, the other dude. But we were all too at, tall. I think. What was it? I think it's too tall. Or... There you go. From from yeah, that it's on the West Presented Old Side Riders. Yep. That tape still that tape still that CD still it still bangs to this day, man. I still listen to it. That was a hard. I, I agree. That shit was hard. I agree hundred percent. You know. So he had us all at Paramount Recording Studios, and he's Brum's got the two, the reel to reel loaded up, and he's just um he's like, all right, guys. Like we were literally in there like a meeting, and uh, he's like, "Look, he played this tape. He he um, he'd have the engineer uh, cue it up. He's like, this is gonna be your song. This is gonna be your song, and just showing everyone basically what they were gonna rap to. And um, so I was like, "All right, we're gonna do two one three one zero. That's gonna be our thing." And um, so Daz, I mean, Daz did most of production on the album. In case you didn't know, he did most, most of all the songs on there. On the West Presenting? Yeah, Daz did. Oh shit! Yeah, he covered that. He did a uh, Old Side Rider. That was that was his production. Mm -hmm. He did two one three one zero. He did sixteen. Um. And and uh, I forget what other one. He he did most of the production. I mean, Night Owl stuff was his, of course. And First Amendment, I believe their name. They're from Inglewood. That's Mac 10s group. Yep, yep. Right before he uh, went solo. My music was growing. Okay. Like I was in a group called First Amendment. You know what I'm saying? Like First my, Amendment. Okay. Yeah. And like my music was growing, like my popularity was growing. So Brum had them locked in way before. Like he had them, you know, he had Brum had a knack for like meeting artists, and and he had a he had his ear to the street, definitely. We had a First Amendment, which was uh, four guys and five guys in the group, all from Inglewood, and uh, uh, Mac Ten was actually in that group. Really? So yeah. So before he. Uh, with Q, he was in that group, okay. and then the West Presenting Mac 10's first song uh, is on uh, some West Presenting, okay, uh, rest the Western piece compilation. Okay, at one point, he even had the Dove Shack, really, uh, before Warren G. Wow, yeah, Brum had them. And he was, and he was, um, he was working with them, and then they—that's when like Warren G just blew up. Next thing you know, uh, they went with Warren G. Damn. But Brum had them first originally. He was—he was gonna put them out on Familia. That's crazy. Yeah. So okay, uh, on on that album, if you don't mind me asking, because uh, I'm really curious how like this hasn't been more of a of a talking point in in terms of like Chicano rap and shit, but. Brown Pride, um, 
they, they're on that same compilation with you guys on on that shit like did you guys ever cross paths uh that was was uh murray brumfield aware of the uh tensions between your neighborhood and theirs like what what was that like so brown pride obviously you know they're from the east side of Wilmington. Ride, slip and slide, and then glide in the Jeep. Well, I throw up the W for the west coast, the east for the town. Well, I throw down. And yeah, they, they were, the same time the Spanish Fly was doing theirs, he was working on their album too. They were they were getting their stuff to put out. But um, I met him and, and we were just like, when we were in the studio, it was a different vibe. We were just, you know, we were like, we're from Wilmington. Uh... We're out here, we're just trying to, you know, do music. And so uh, they were cool, Pep and uh, I, I believe Tone, the other guy. Aztec Tone and, jeez, uh, what was the other guy's name? Um, There's like four of them, wasn't there? Yeah, one was the DJ, like the, the, he was like a bigger dude, but he was the DJ. Jam and J. Yeah. There you go, Jam and J was the DJ, right? Yeah. And um, we actually, we done a show up in Santa Maria with them. Well, Spanish Fly did, and uh, real they're real cool dudes, man. They were cool dudes. One of them, one of them was married at the time, so he was like, you know, he wasn't. He was just trying to get the his record out, and uh, mm. but they did that song. Uh, I'm not sure if Daz did the beat to that. I'm almost positive he did. I'm almost positive he did the production. Daz Daz did pretty much that whole West presenting CD. Um, Damn. But yeah, they they were cool dudes, and and nobody really talks about them. I haven't heard. I just heard recently Tony A saying about uh, trying to get in contact with them. You know, they 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 should be talked about. I mean, they they had their record out, and they're. West present. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I, I was, and again, uh, I was talking to your primo uh, a little while back, and he, uh, I, I, t- I asked him about Brown Pride, right? And because I, I think he had mentioned something about um, that he was on, on a personal level with one or two of them, and so he he actually sent me the info for for one of them. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to get them on here too because I, I want to hear their story. I, I think. You know their their album is pretty interesting. I, I think it was a little ahead of the curve for the time that it was recorded, and so um, yeah. I mean, you guys have a lot of lot of history, a lot of interesting shit that was happening in the Harbor area, and you know, just I, I think that there should be a lot more in depth discussion about you know the artists and and their contributions to the game because um, it definitely made an impact in my upbringing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a trip it was a trippy time. It was just these little group it was like these little clicks that were there were that would wind up putting this music out. It's, it was good to be part of it. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, I, I've always been a fan and you know, as I as I'm getting older I'm I'm realizing that a lot of this shit from the nineties really aged well, you know? Yeah. It, it's aged gracefully. Um, now going back to that two one three one no track, man. Uh, that was the first time I heard you 
ever. Yeah. And that's been one of my favorite, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to call it a Spanish fly track because uh, that's how I, 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 I first came up on that, you know, back in like, fuck, man, I must have been like 16 when I heard that. Yeah. So, you know, that was that was 17 years ago. And um, yeah, I'm a young cat, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, I heard that track and, you know, just that snippet of Ice Cube, S-A-Z, don't fuck with them boys. Yeah. And then the 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 21310. That that shit, man. I always I, I don't know, it just it 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 was very well put together. The instrumental was was very well polished. But more more importantly, dude, like your cadence I, I don't know who to attribute your your rapping style because I, I really like that shit, dude. Um, the part where you go like, even your bitch said the shit was dope. Two one three one zero Harbor Area Loke like that. Yeah. I mean that that shit still sticks in my head. You know what I mean? If I hear that instrumental playing, I'm I'm fucking I'm blasting that shit wherever I'm driving. But tell me a little bit about that song. So th- this is this is a trip how th- how this went down because it was my first time ever rapping in front of people in the studio everything okay so we had a lot of little chill was in the studio the night i did it um the shaft gangster club there was a a couple dudes from uh i forget what his name is uh uh shady was there and it was little chills homies they were were mainly in the in the in the control room so i go in there i'm gonna do my verse and uh it's like it was like almost four in the morning I you know I put the headphones on and I was like nervous as hell and I the, I could hear the you know the delay and uh, and I'm looking at them in the control room Brum's in there and uh, I just started rapping and I was like Brum goes stop wait a minute wait a minute JB cut that beat down he goes all right go back do it again <laughs> Brum did that about I'm not lying Brum did that at least over fifty times he he oh, kept shit. he kept stopping me and I was like. At one point, I was like, "Fuck this! I'm not gonna do this, man. This is I'm I'm good. This is like it's it's bullshit, man. He keeps stopping me. I was getting pissed off. Brum was like, he's being the producer. He he was instructing me the cadence that I had. Mm-hmm. Brum was like, you can't do it like that, Grim. You you can't do it like that, man. You're you're from the street, man. You can't. Come on, man. You got to do it with more passion. You got to. So he's instructing me how to you know do the cadence. You know, so I wasn't I wasn't just like. Uh, just you know saying it because i was i was reading off a paper at, you know to a certain point yeah and you could hear the paper crumbling at you know he'd be like go back you, you can hear the paper so um so it was just like i was gonna give up and i just seen little chilling them in there once they heard me do the first bar of it they were going crazy in there they're like that's dope man that's dope they were like that's hard man they go, all right graham because they didn't no one heard me rap it was the first time Huh. And I seeing them go like, yeah, like, you know, going crazy in there. They're like, I was like, that gave me, I was like pumped up from that. I'll never forget that, man. I was like, I was like, let's do this, man. Let's, let's, let's record more. Let's do this. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was how that went down. Yeah. No, I mean that, that song has aged really well. Um, you know, I, I, I hadn't noticed any sort of issue. I'm, I'm an audiophile, so I like listening to music, you know, in depth. I like dissecting it and I've never noticed that, you know, you can hear the, the tape crumbling from, you know, the, the stop and go. Um, but now I gotta pay more attention to that shit now. <laughs> so you'll trip out on this when it was recorded, 
so when it was recorded we had a sample going mm-hmm. the original sample to that is bobby volmack a woman's got to have it you know sometimes we have a tendencies or should i say we forget what a woman needs every now and then hmm. uh that was the sample all right it's from that song um what would happen what what happened was Brum would bring his um, Brum had this like big ass keyboard and, and Brum was adding that shit in there live. Nice. He re- I mean, uh, they replayed it. They had a bass guitar guy that I think his name was Mike Chukes. He'd come in and and, and uh, they they wound up taking the sample out. They left the Ice Cube in. They left the. In case you didn't know, the um, two one three one zero is a. It's a song called Just Two Foos by Spanish Fly. I, I just found that out maybe like three, four years ago. Because I always, in, in my, you know, when I was younger, in my naivete, you know, my inexperience, I thought that shit sounded a lot like ODM. And I was like, why the fuck would it be saying 21310? Like, that shit makes no sense to me, you know? Yeah. And it took me a long time to figure that shit out, that it was from the Just Two Fools. I, I heard of that. Um, actually, I take that back. It wasn't a few years ago. It was when, uh, when Frank released... Um, the special edition trust no man yeah the one where he does the audio commentary that's the first time i heard of that and i was like ah that, that's where it's from you know yeah yeah that single that that's actually when my um our uncle uh Lencho, he he started a record label and he put that out mm. um that single so um, oh yeah he's he's the one who put that out okay so going back go Going back to that uh, that Spanish Fly fucking um, the Spanish Fly documentary, there's a scene where you can see uh, Daz and you can see um, uh, Tricks in some type of interview, and they ask him like, "Hey, so you're shopping for a deal or something?" And then I think Frank goes, "No, we already got a deal," you know? Yeah. And he's holding that that uh, the CD single. Yep. Okay, so that's what he meant. So that that was on that was on the poor man show. Huh. Uh, it was a little a show over here in the OC. Uh, you can go on it, poor man, and uh, it was actually a channel called KDOC, and they got to go on there and they did that song live on there. Huh. Uh, so yeah, at that time they had broke away from Murray and they were and they were gonna put their own album out, uh, and that that was a single that they first did. Uh, interesting yeah so from the from that when that came we recorded that and I'll never forget it was like four in the morning I left out of that studio we left out of there it was the sun was up um I didn't hear nothing no more until it was almost Christmas I was in the county jail and I called um I called Daz Collect and uh Daz was like hey that West Presenting came out and I was in there and I was like I was in 9500 at the county jail over here. Okay. I, I was like, what the fuck am I doing in here? I did, like, I got a song out and I'm in here. He's playing it for me over the phone. I'm like, man, I, I, I can't. I got to get the hell out of here, man. I got I to gotta stop doing this. It was just stupid shit I was in there for is, you know, tickets and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, I was like, you know what? I want to do this, this rap thing. I want to get away from the from the street stuff and just do do the rapping stuff um but yeah the first time i heard 21310 i was in jail basically you know <laughs> then the county jail <laughs> so you hadn't you hadn't heard of the the finished product at that point i hadn't heard no i hadn't heard the um without the loop yeah i just i just heard just the structure we laid down we laid the vocals down 
Daz and Brum went in there and they, and they were um they had the guy play over it, tighten it all up, and then all the other songs got recorded. Old Side Rider, everybody was, you know, doing their doing their stuff. I think Night Owl submitted. He already had the song done, mm-hmm. and he submitted his in, and uh, and I and First Amendment First Amendment had theirs already done. They didn't they didn't record it in that with them sessions. But uh, Daz finished all that up with them for the West Present, and uh, I didn't hear about it until I was in jail, and and um, yeah, that was that was the first time I heard it. That was, it blew my mind. Okay, so question for you, um, you know, this West Presenting album is is a little different than most of the stuff that that um, Murray was putting out, because mm. uh, if you notice, like the track list is is like, you know, you got Mexicans. Then you got black people on here, and then you got Mexicans. Like the lineup is kind of like back and forth, basically half and half. Yeah. How, how well was was the music getting received at that time by by uh, the people on your label and and like on the street? As far like back then, it was it was that what Brum was doing when he what he was doing by that project, uh, the West presenting uh, West. Was it uh, West in Peace? It says. Yep, West in Peace compilation. Yeah, what he was doing with that, he was trying to unite brown and black. Mm-hmm. He was doing something that wasn't really, you know, no one was doing that, you know, at that time. Yeah. And uh, to have real, everyone pretty much was we were straight gangsters. Everyone was from a different neighborhood. If you look at the, um, if you look at the, uh, I think on the cover it has like different cities. Yep. So he was bringing us together to do this compilation and uh and uh, you know they took that they had that uh promo picture they put in there but he had put my name on there um inside there and i was like yeah we're down we're the shaft gangster click i i see that is that you on there no i wasn't i wasn't on the i was just labeled on there um he had he oh. had a he had a little chill shady uh i think solo was in that picture some rapper named Dickum down and uh, I forget who else was in that that picture. They took that picture another day. They took it a different day. Here, I, I, the lineup says uh, that it's uh, Baby Solo, Be Upon, um, Dickum Down, Forty Ounce, Essadez, Westside Grim, Night Out, Little One, Two Man Loke, Too Tall, Mr. Swift, uh, Deep South Players, Red Rum Click, Lil Tech, Lil Chill, and uh, is that? I can't read that last one. Tanaboke. 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 Yeah. yeah. So he, he had us all in there, like labeled in there, because we're collectively we're the Shaft Gangster Click. Uh, and the intention was to later on, um, if you go to YouTube, there's some songs by Shaft Gangster Click. I don't know if they did that with Murray and released it on on there, mm-hmm. but I have heard songs by these guys. There's a couple guys that branched off and they did their, they have like their own stuff, like as the Shaft Gangster Click. Yeah, I've actually been looking out for that vinyl uh, that they have. That's not because uh, they, they released a song or two on on Familia. Yeah, uh, like on the Southside Riders Volume Three. Uh, not only is your song there, the two one three one zero, but that song uh, "Rolling with the Shaft." I think that's the name of the song. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's on there too. But um, I'm looking for their vinyl. So were you not? Um, officially a member of that or was that just something that that murray just slapped the the name on there just to 
because you know how he just kind of puts the name out there and, and tries to present it a certain way yeah the intention was for me to be part of it who was on the, the, the hoodlum label i had a group uh it's called chef gangster click okay so i was like the chef of the click okay we had a little chill okay uh 40 ounce solo uh shady t uh group called dick'em down from watts mm-hmm. and so i produced and sung the hooks and we had done some rapping on it too and uh so we had that kind of like you know 70s movie sound oh, okay so chef gangster click it's it's on uh west presenting at the time i was in the streets and I, I wanted to get away from that stuff but i was you know i was heavily involved in stuff and and uh so like i would i would see when he'd come bring the um the south side writers he had his artist the artist that was, was drawing that stuff for him mm-hmm. he'd show that to us and and uh i actually recorded another song called one in the chamber um for brum and and we were going to put that out as a single after that that west presenting but that never happened um but yeah i was part of shaft gangsta click and we were gonna we, the intention was we were gonna do more songs and just things just fell out they they had just fell out dude i feel like this is uh this is not only your story like this man i'm not sure if you know who gpa is from san diego but uh very similar story to yours man like there's there's always like this opportunity to get out you know what i mean and and do something and when that opportunity is is completed like something happens that sours that situation you know what i'm saying yeah like it like it just never manifests for some fucking reason and it's uh and it sucks because it's always dope rappers or or people that i think are, are personally dope you know what i mean yeah and i just never get to hear more from them so like having you on on the show here and, and actually getting a chance to talk to you one on one with this this is cool like this is one of those things that I would geek out you know what I mean it's like it's like if fucking uh, um, Steven Spielberg just randomly happened to have a conversation with you you know it's this is someone that you you saw his movies growing up and you listened to what he had to say and now you actually get the chance to have a discussion so yeah that, that's the way I'm perceiving these things you know um but at, at this time like had you already recorded that track with um essa daz for the um fuck what was the name of that movie reasons reasons there you go late night in the club counting our stash me and my boys trying to double up the cash we call up ramona hook us up with the bird and now we got clients instead of hoes on the beeper money's rolling in i got the hook up with the cops on my fifth phone waiting for another drop off these young motherfuckers in the street straight balling clocking 20 down when the night with one call and now i'm off to mom's pad to keep it down some loot i see a tear fall because she knows the dirt i do i gotta watch my back when i'm rolling through the pocket because jd's ass is locked up and he's scheming a way to stop it never got along even when we were little kids and now this motherfucker's thinking he's gonna get revenge making money on the west side was the plan but i still can't trust that motherfucking man So, so that was that was another that was after Daz had decided. All right, we we were with um the Just Two Foods had just came out, um, and I don't know why I I don't know why uh, 
Frank and Daz never really talk about it, but they had like a falling out, you know, at that time. When me and Daz were doing our demos, they had a falling mm-hmm. out. Yeah, I kind of got that impression uh, when I heard Daz's story uh, on the American Cholo podcast. And then I, you know, I got a chance to talk it up. Uh, sorry, chop it up with, with uh, your primo here, Frank. So I, I, I got that impression that, that there was uh, some friction, uh, not only with, with um, SR Rich Rock, but with, you know, them, them two as well. Yeah. Certain members just kind of stopped getting along and, and uh, yeah, and I, because when we finished the album, I, I mean, I pretty much finished it with, with uh, Toker and, and Rich Rock was a challenge to get him to go too. And it was just, Tris wasn't around at the time. And it was because Rich Rock and there was some stuff going on. Right. And Rich Rock wasn't around sometimes, you know, so it was just us two. And that's when I kind of knew, I was like, man, you know, this is, it's not right. It shouldn't be this way. But that's when I kind of knew, man, after this album, I don't really know what's going to happen. Dad, I mean, Rich Rock had, he was out of the picture by then. Uh, he was doing his own thing. He just disappeared. And I would see him at like, at that time, like early on, um, this was early on, there was like East and West Side parties after the Alley Riots. And I seen Rich Rock, at, this is the second time I would see him, is at a, a East West party we had in the city. Mm-hmm. And, and he was just there. He was, you know, standing by a keg. He had his white shirt on and uh, he was in bad shape. He was already like deciding the path he wanted to take. Uh, right. But I was just like, what's up, man? What's up? I go, let's battle again. And he's like, he remember, I go, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm Frank's cousin, man. Remember me? And he's like, oh, man. He goes, and he remembered. He's like, nah, I ain't going to rap. So he, he boned out. He just slid off, just disappeared. So when that Just Two Foods came out and my uncle, uh, Lorenzo, had was going to put that out, there was a, they had a falling out, these two, you know? Mm, yeah. And so that's when, um, Daz was like, let's, we were, we were going to do our own thing, you know, just Esther Daz and Wes Grimm. And so, uh, that this wasn't, this wasn't going to be 310 suspects, was no, it? No, that, that's going to come later on. Yeah, that's coming way later. There's different level. That's why I'm like, hey, I'm going to tell you everything. I'm just going to, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just going to tell you everything. That, that comes later on. And, and, uh, all right. So we, me and Daz are like, we're doing these demos and, we're we're doing we have songs uh the end of the peace treaty where you know we're, we had these dads had got a um, vintage synth uh rack and he was he had just gotten his mpc 60 before that um like for the trust no man to finish that off he had got his mpc 60 mm-hmm. so we were doing tracks on for on the four track and um and my uncle had gotten he had a friend in in Riverside. No, Daz had the friend in Riverside, but he introduced my uncle to him, and he goes, "I got an opportunity for you guys to be on a soundtrack." He goes, "So we went to Riverside, and uh, he goes, I got these guys named New Breed of Hustler. They're these crib rappers. They're gangsters out there in Riverside." Yeah, ECC. I'm aware of them. So he's like, "Look, they they have the hookup with this." Um, we, you guys could be on it you know they want you guys you know if you guys want to do it you know we, we'll put a song together and we'll get it onto on the soundtrack and uh so me and daz the the lawyer he was in pasadena 
we drove out there this this lawyer gives us a movie script two books he's like read it come up with a song and we'll see where we can place this in a movie we, we hadn't talked contracts nothing he's just like hand us these these movie scripts mm-hmm. and uh we knew that mc8 was going to be in it we he told us the names of bernie mac mc8 uh lisa ray who's, who was in the players club before that was like her first movie and the movie was directed by um it was spike lee's cinematographer i believe monty ross okay and uh so he's like this is a good opportunity for you guys read the script and come back with some me and daz went home he's home he's at you know at them we didn't have cell phones back then he calls me up. He's like, what page are you on? I'm on this page. We were like on the same page reading this movie <laughs> script. And I'm like, this, this fucking thing's tight. This movie's good. Okay. We're reading it, reading it. We finished reading that. Like it was like the next day we were done reading it, read the script. I was like, I already got, I got it. I got what I'm going to say on there. And we wrote that song literally with the characters and everything from that movie. Man, I mean, we, nice. we nailed it so good. The lawyer goes, I can't give you guys the end credits, but I can, I can guarantee you this is going to be on the soundtrack. He goes, you guys took our movie and you put all the characters in there. We have all their names. MC8 was Neva. And they loved it, man. They they were like, they were like, man, they were chipping out on us, right? And we were just happy mm-hmm. to have the opportunity. We weren't talking like any contracts or anything. So time goes on and we got another call and he goes, hey, he goes, um, meet us at the Universal Backlot. Um, we're going to screen the movie. We're going to have a screening. So me and Daz got to see that movie. We went to the Universal Backlot and watched that movie uh, with the okay. with the production crew. Um, the movie that was showing next door was Apollo 13, the Tom Hanks movie. Yeah. So we were screening a movie that wasn't out yet, didn't have a release date, but that movie was coming out that Friday, uh, the Tom Hanks movie. So um, the movie was good. It was a damn. It was a damn good movie. MCA, that that movie, it was a good damn movie. <laughs> what did, did your song appear on the on the uh, on the movie like itself? At that time, it was it was no foley work. No, uh, it was just the movie. They didn't even have oh, no, okay. like the you know they got to do all the foley work after. It didn't have none yeah. of that. Um, but I remember after the movie, I w- we went back to see the lawyer again, and uh, Brumfield actually came with us that time. And it was a little weird because I was like, "Who invited Brum?" You know, <laughs> I was like, "This yeah. is like my uncle had the hookup here." And it's like, "Who invited Brum here, man?" I thought I was like, "Dad, I thought you were trying to get away from Brum. Like, what? How's Brum here?" Anyways, we go in the meeting and we're like, "Hey, we want to know if we can get the the end credits, man. This would be perfect." He's like. I'm almost guaranteeing eight is going to get the end credits, but we can, we want this in the movie. And, uh, that I, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I do remember Brumfield was talking to that lawyer at the time. And, uh, and so the next thing you know, it just fell through. Nothing happened. Uh, uh there was a Senator Bob Dole at the time. He was talking about family values. <laughs> Maybe Bob Dole should run. Bob Dole thinks Bob Dole should. Actually, Bob Dole just likes to hear Bob Dole talk about Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Dolores Tucker was burnt. She was breaking CDs. Uh, gangster rap is this and that. Yeah. And uh, it, so I thought it was because of that. However, there is no excuse for the continued proliferation 
of gangster porno rap, such as you've just heard. And it wasn't until recently, about two years ago, I see that it was part of a federal racketeering case with one of the biggest dope dealers in Chicago. Huh. Um, I believe his name's Nate Hill. And uh, the money that he, I mean, the, the film, that film, they said was made with drug money. So the feds seized it. They seized the cans. Wow. And killed the whole project. And uh, that just, it, that was our chance to be on the soundtrack. And, and it just, it was just taken from us. Dude, that, that would have been major because like the only the only other, you know, Chicano rap um, artist that's ever been on a soundtrack for a movie ha has been Frost. Like that's the only person I can think of, you know? Yeah. Because um, and he yeah, he had came out with that American Me one before that. Yeah, that he was on that Friday fucking film um, with Corrupt on, on the soundtrack. Friday, I think, came out after it came out after the reasons or I think it was the next year after. Yeah, yeah. So if we would have came out with that reasons, if we would have been like second, that he had that first one. Uh, but yeah, it just sucks that it happened that way, and uh, it just sucks. It, that's the way it happened. It just it just fell through. Damn. So this this uh, so what year are we talking about here? Where where this shit is not not uh, happening? That was '95. We recorded that song. Okay. We went to um, Riverside, the New Breed of Hustler Studio. All these crips were in there. They had a nice little home studio. And uh, I had the same experience. I, I'm, we had it, no one, they hadn't heard me rap or anything. I started rapping in the booth, doing my stuff. And uh, they're like, man, this is tight. And uh, there's a guy, he was a producer named Baldy. And he, mm -hmm. he was, uh, he laid his bass, the bass guitar down. And shoot, man, they, they just, they hooked it up. They had a nice studio and we smoked bub with them, kicked back with them. I was drinking, I think I was drinking a Mickey's that night. And uh, we just had a good time out there recording. It was all good. Tell, tell me about the, the title, Trust No Man. Was that like a, a like an, an attempt to tie it back to Spanish Fly? Or why, why was the song called Trust No Man? It was, it, Trust No Man, it was, it was um, you know, a, a nod back to the Spanish Fly, obviously. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And actually, that the part says, trust no man, trust no man. That's a sample from an interview that Daz did with Spanish Fly, shoot, like in 91 at a college, uh, some kind of radio station. So he sampled that for that part. Um, but it was a nod back to Spanish Fly, yeah, the, the trust no man. Yeah, no, that, that instrumental is dope, man. Like, okay, do you have, like... The, the full track or, or or what's going on with that because I, I would love to hear the whole thing I mean just your part alone dude it's dope yeah I have I have my copy of it the first verse uh, is a little I mean it was it was on tape so it's it's you know a little chewed up where Daz's verse is going and then the song is I have it um, mm -hmm. I also have the 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 track on uh, on my MPC I actually yeah I have it man you you guys need to put that out, man. Just, just for the sake of it. <laughs> That's the plan. Is to I'm, a, I'm gonna re-release it. Eventually, I. That's what I'm saying. I'll get to the part about Daz because this got another level to it. 
to where me and Daz had a falling out. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's what I'm saying. It goes to different levels, man. Um, I don't know when you want to talk about that or how you want to say it, but hey, however you want to put this out, man. If you want to go chronologically with how that happened, I'm more than happy to sit here and and, and listen to that story. All right. So um, like around '99, um, yeah, around '99, I had I had gotten that's when Daz was doing um. He was he was working with Brum again because the the reasons thing fell through and I went back to doing the street stuff. I got me myself when Das says that uh yeah there was people with drug addiction and stuff. I fell into that. I fell into yeah, I fell into that trap. I was living the life going fast and and uh you know, I thought I knew I thought I knew my shit. I thought it was on top of the world. I was I was slanging, I was moving stuff, and uh, music wasn't, it was, in, it was, I had investors that were investing in, for me and Daz to do a, a um, our own CD. Mm-hmm. It was a buddy of mine named Angel. I had investors, and, uh, and he had investors, and that's also where Tony A's going to come in the, in the, in the mix, because that's their homeboy, they're from the Insane Mexicans. Okay. They're on the east side. Were you in a in a gang anytime, Tony? Or was it more your, your brother and stuff? Yes, I was involved in a, in a neighborhood. Uh, we were called IMG, Insane Mexican Gang. Okay. And uh, there was quite a few of us. And um, uh, I don't say that proudly. I say that actually shamefully because I did, did have some of my friends that went to jail for murder. At the time, when that happens, I was hanging around with, with them a lot. I'm from the West Side, but they're, you know, insane, and we were just doing business. I had a real good friend that was from there, and I would, at that time, I would hang out with, that's when I would hang out with Tony A, but not on the, not on the recording level, on a, um, we were just uh, talking music, chopping it up, Okay. and uh, and I'd go to his pad, we'd kick back, play music, and uh yeah, he was just like he's. Like, oh yeah, you, you're uh, your cousin's from Spanish Fly, and uh, Tony's a trippy dude, man. He's a he's a trippy dude. He's uh, back then he was like, I, it's hard it's hard to say. Like Tony's a good dude, but he uh, I don't know. Just in the city, as far as when you said, what's it like when like blacks and Mexicans working together? From my point of view, back then. In the city, people were like, it was frowned like, oh man, he's he's working with the blacks and all that stuff. That's the way it was. Yeah. When me and Daz were rapping, they said we sounded black. Th- that's funny because uh, I I don't get that impression. You know what I mean? Like I, I did mention to um, who did I fucking mention it to? I think I, I it was on that that episode I did uh for the Lawless review. Yeah. Uh, I thought my impression of you was I thought you were probably a crip because you were affiliated with the Shaft Gangsta Click and my, <laughs> my interpretation of that was okay well they're from Compton they're black they're most likely crips yeah I was like Westside Grimm is probably a crip and then uh, in, in this one forum I was just, we were discussing um, I think your name came up on something they're like nah he's, he's from the West Side, duh you know Westside Grimm yeah I was like oh they're like me cayó el 20 you know what I mean at that point I was like oh shit no shit it makes sense you know what I mean <laughs> But uh, I, I never thought that you sounded black. I just thought that you were, you know, part of a, of a black hood because you were affiliated with uh, the Shaft Gangsta Click. But yeah. you know, now, now that I've put everything together, like now I don't, I don't think of it that way, right? Yeah. But um, 
at this time with with Tony A, had you already recorded? Because uh, you recorded the shit with uh, with Lawless in ninety six, ninety seven, maybe. So so Lawless comes into it um, the same time that Trust No Man and all that was going on. Yeah. Lawless was the they were called the West Side Outlaws. It was Sapo and G and mm-hmm. and Shotgun and 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 another guy Rock. And so they um they were doing their stuff. And they were getting an investor for their stuff at the time. Yeah. His name is Raul, yeah. Raul G. Um, now, now they're my homeboys, and they, they were working on their stuff. There was a place on the west side called The Lodge where they would all meet up, have parties, and, and uh, they, were, they were working on their stuff. Mm-hmm. They eventually got enough money to where he's like, I got Bill Walker, man. We're, we're going to... His name Bill Walker, right, from Thump? Yep. So he's like... Uh, Raul's like... I'm in, man. Like, we're gonna do this. We're we're gonna we're gonna put it out, but we're gonna call it Lawless. So I'm in the middle. I'm 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 part of Spanish Flight Camp, and I'm part of uh, you know, Lawless. I'm them are my homeboys. Yeah. And so um, he's like, we got Tony A. He's gonna be doing the tracks, and uh, and and we're linked up, man. We're gonna put this album out. Uh, at that time, like I said, I was with the addiction, so I was like stuck in between i was slanging and caught up in that but um raul started uh he started uh getting tracks from tony and he's like look he's like look we're gonna uh we're gonna put this this uh compilation out he's like and at that time my homeboy went to jail so so the album that me and daz are working on it just it got scrapped because my my investor just went to jail mm-hmm. you know so Daz went back to doing stuff with Brumfield and that's where that uh you can't see me that that came out on that compilation it's more time bringing more caskets call up to the blue just like these motherfuckers up like some matches then fuck the hood rats from A to Z bang the fuck out these tricks showing no signs of mercy I did I did the beat I did the beat for that one uh you can't see me yeah, and uh, that was on Little Rob still smoking. Yeah, so when you mentioned earlier that you had a fallout with Daz, I'm gonna tie it back to this song. I'm glad you mentioned it because I, I was eventually gonna bring it up. So there's two versions of that. There's one where you're not on the on the chorus. Sorry, on on the verse. Yeah. And then there's another one where where the other dudes from the second iteration of Spanish Fly, like Johnny D and and what's the other Vato's name. Um, no, at that time it was uh, the singer that was on that song. Um, his name was Ricky. I forget his last name. Young young cat. He was singing and and Daz had did that for Pocos Pero Locos, which I, I'm gonna get into that. I, I I know it's it's a lot, but it's it all ties in, bro. It all ties it all ties in, guys. Trust me. It's just crazy the way this did happen. So that you can't see me. We did that. Brum said it was gonna be on Little Rob still smoking. I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, cool, let's do the track. Me and Daz, we, we, I programmed the track. We used my uh, Roland R70 and uh, he goes, do the beat, man. We'll do, do the beat for us. I did the beat and uh, we did the rap and uh, I disappeared again. I just disappeared. And um, okay. me and Daz wound up eventually having a falling out. Uh, we had a studio at his house and and I and and I just uh, we had a falling out. Daz was he was 
he was stuck in between working with Brumfield mm -hmm. and going with my investor. That's before my investor went to jail. I'm like, you got to decide what you want to do because if you're gonna work with him, then you're with him. My 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 guy's gonna you know invest this money in us. You know, we bought over thirty thousand dollars in 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 uh, equipment at the time. Okay. We did what we had to do. We we got the equipment. We were gonna put the album out. My friend got busted. Oh, shit. Um, he was supposed to do it, and we just. We never got around to it. I had a home version of it and I showed him, I go, look, rap like this, this is how you're gonna do it. And we just we never got we never got to doing it. God. Man. Yeah. So got around the questions for you. Hopefully you can answer them. Number one, you had mentioned to me that you wanted to share a story about Cypress Hill. Mind sharing that with the listeners? Cypress Hill, I don't really remember what that topic was. I really besides a, a show that didn't happen, but with Spanish Fly, but that would just go into too much detail. It's weird. I don't even have answers for that one. Before the group ended, you know, I just found a flyer recently. We had a flyer. We were about to open up for Cypress Hill, bro. If that would have went through, we, we would have probably plateaued into a bigger status, but um, some stuff happened with the management. It didn't happen. Number two, you did a remix to Slow Pain's This Is How We Bang, but you mentioned at the beginning, were you supposed to be on it originally? On This Is How We Bang, yes, I was supposed to be on that song originally. Uh, um, Capone, Raul, he gave me the beat, and that's that's my homeboy. He, he gave me the beat, he gave me the opportunity to be on that song, and uh, Slow Pain did his verse in the studio, and then uh, it was bounced back to me, and I was supposed to, I I wrote my rap for it and I was supposed to do my 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 vocals to it, but I had uh unfortunately what happened was uh I was hanging around with Tony A at the time a lot during that during that time and uh and uh he had told me that that uh them G Spot G guys and Slow Pain and all them that they were talking shit about me and that they and that uh. He said they were saying that I suck and all this other shit. And, and he goes, I'm just telling you, bro. This is how he does it. I'm just telling you, bro, because, uh, you know, I want to let you know, man, that, that they're talking shit. So what I did is I went home and, and um, I said, fuck this, man. I just I wrote my rap and I was di I was dissing him. Right. And the plan was me and my homeboy were going to go to the studio that day and just come out. And we didn't care. We were just going to start bombing on everybody. And and uh, and. The day came for me to record that my my verse to go do it, and Raul pulls up, and he's like, uh, "Let me hear it, man. Bust, bust your verse. Let me hear it." And I go, "I go, I got it, man." He goes, "Let me hear it, man. Let me hear what you got." And I was like, "Tell you the truth, I wrote this rap, man. I heard they were talking shit about me." And he's like, "Look, man." He goes, "Nah, this this ain't even going down this way." He's like, "Look," he goes, "I'm I, I this is a business, man. You're not gonna fuck this up." For me, I got money invested in this, and uh, and, and you know, if you're gonna be doing your shit and you're gonna be on one, because at the time I was, you know, being a fool, and uh, he's like, if you're gonna be on one, then uh, you know, fuck it, you do what you do, but you're not gonna fuck my studio time up or fuck up my my relationships, you know, with with my artists. So I was like, man, I never got an answer. I never heard back from Tony that was the last time Raul went his way and 
you know, he they they that was my last opportunity with with Lawless, and uh, it's unfortunate because I really wish that uh, I would have worked with Slow Pain when the song came out. Um, they put Old Genius on there, and that's another guy, man. I, you know, I wanted to work with, and I like these guys, man. The ALT, Old Genius, Slow Pain, they were just fucking shit up at that time. Lightfoot, and I mean, I want to work with them. And Lawless was working with these guys at the time. Fuck, that was, you know, that would have been a good opportunity. And it was just fucked off by someone that I looked up to that I felt was a mentor to me at the time. But this guy was wound up, you know, bullshitting. Tony was wound up bullshitting. And uh, I do want to note, too, that I actually went back to my ASCAP uh, writers uh, on my account. And I seen that Tony actually, you know... For a guy who's supposed to be from the city and helping out, let me tell you, this guy actually took credit and has his name written on my writer's credit on there. It's listed as him as the writer, so that's a little a little gem I want to throw in there. I know you did that, Tony, so it's you know it's all good. I wound up uh, I got my remix out there, but so the the way that the song was actually re- the the way I released it on my album, that's the way it was supposed to be released. And I went and talked to Raúl. And uh, he gave me his blessing. He's like, go ahead, man, handle it. And uh, I told him, this is the way it was supposed to be put out. This was the original rap. The other rap that I had wrote was some bullshit. But this is the way it's supposed to be written, uh, supposed to be done. I did a little modification at the end of it, but that's the way it should have been. And I wish that uh, I would have the opportunity to for, for Slow Pain to hear it and, you know, he even talks about my white cutlass supreme in there. Why we gave him the details? This is the homeboy Graham, and you know, good looking out to him and 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 Lawless for for giving me that that opportunity, man. Uh, we're not I'm not done with Lawless. Uh, my boy Tony just got out, and uh, Chichi Yeo from Lawless, and we're looking to do something uh, pretty soon. He's he's making moves right now. Uh, so we're looking to do something. I'm going to do something with him. And maybe G. Maybe G would be in there. I don't know. So uh, just be on the lookout for that. Uh, what are your thoughts on Chicano rap? And do you consider your music a part of the genre? As far as Chicano rap, um, at the time when I was doing it, when me and Daz were doing it, you know, there's a, there's a, there was a, a stigma that, that dudes were like, man, you guys sound too black. And we didn't. When when me and Daz first started rapping, when we were doing the the two one three no, he really didn't do the 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 like la- he didn't do the um, you know Spanish words in there. We were just flowing. We were doing raps. He was trying to you know we were just doing rap. It was gangster rap. We seen it as gangster rap. And uh, but as far as being Chicano rap, it's labeled Chicano rap now. So it would be in that genre of, of Chicano rap but as far as when we initially did it it was gangster rap it was G-Funk and we were just we were you know we were just doing it you know it was street we were telling our street stories like street reporters you know and here's a list of questions that my homie LT wanted to ask uh, number one what happened to the Kriznak theory and was that shelved by Sony when I had put that out, um, I wrote the the story at the time and told what happened between the beefs between uh, in the description. I said that the beefs between the, the camp and how it broke up. That goes back to the reason 
soundtrack. We had we were gonna have the deal with them. It would have it would have launched off into something, but because of my uh, you know my uh, my choices that I made at the time, my addiction and I, I just I was on another thing. I was in the life the street life, and that's the the path I chose. And me and Daz broke apart, and of course the NPC issue that that went through. It just led us to to, um, to split apart at that time. So yeah, it was shelved because of because of uh, just we we weren't uh, we weren't getting along at the time. Uh, number two, are you putting out any Christian music you did for Saving Souls? Uh, it, as far as Saving Souls, Saving Soul goes with Frank. Um, Frank has a catalog of music that that's that's out and. I produced I produced several songs, One Truth Over Time. I did songs on that album under the name, uh, just my name, David Cordova. Uh, Frank's, I've done other, Young Rick, I've produced songs for him. Uh, me and Frank did a, a song called What Would Jesus Do? Originally was recorded uh, by me and Twin One. It was our thing and, and a friend of ours, Charles, but they, they stepped aside and me and Frank took it and we took we started doing shows from all the way up Southern California, all the way up to Sacramento. Uh, so that's what that was. Uh, what would Jesus do by New Creation? That's a song that we have pretty big. It was big with the with the kids and the the outreaches. The devil's on my back, Lord. Tell me what you do. If you can work the blood, that's what you gotta do. And to see His blood is more powerful than fire, Lord. Help me do right, Lord. Give me your desire. Um, as far as doing future future music. I, w- I would consider it, but it, I mean, I would just say it's con- was conscious rap. As far as conscious rap, it's just more positive. I, I don't want to, I don't want to, um, I actually want to help kids that, like with drug addiction and, and stuff like that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people, there's youth, there's, there's people that went through the same thing that I went through. And I would like to, you know, just, you know, give, give them some kind of motivation. And I actually do that. Now, currently on Zoom, I do it through different meetings and groups. I've shared my my story and of my sobriety, and I just I've I've done that in, in Zoom. I've been doing that since the pandemic started. Um, but yeah, as far as if that goes, I mean, I would consider it, and I still produce to this day. As far as doing beats, uh, were you on Three One Zero Suspects? Uh, in Three One Zero Suspects, yes. Uh, it was me, Johnny D, and, and Daz, Little Blue. After the breakup with that, the, the split, when I went my way, after the Reasons thing and the MPC incident, um, I wound up going to Long Beach City College for commercial recording engineer, getting Pro Tools certified. And that's when um, I re- I went back to, to Daz's house and we recorded music there. It was going to be 310 Suspects. Um, it, and... Uh, we we did record songs. We have we have more songs to go. I ha- I have I have a lot of them songs still, and uh, just be on the lookout for that. And lastly, was Gotcha going in circles inspired by the enemy? Going in circles uh, was actually a song that was gonna be on both Daz's album, little it was gonna be a little blue album, and it was gonna be on mine. Whoever dropped theirs first. Uh, it was written completely by me, and the last verse was actually re- I wrote that specifically for for Daz. Uh, I said, "Check this out," and 
uh, I wrote it and he was supposed to do, that's the way we used to do stuff when we used to write stuff if I wrote something or we collaborate sometimes we would collaborate together and write in the same room or just whatever we'd be sipping and, and writing but if I wrote something I'd be like here and I would wrap it and then he would do the you know the redo it in his style how he would do it and was it inspired by Lawless the, the enemy um Everything that I did as far as rapping goes, when I when I heard the Outlaws do that the enemy song, man, I was like not only being inspired by being around Spanish Fly and hearing Frank's craziness going off in the room and shit. Uh knowing that I had a homeboy from the West Side and we were and I went to school with G but didn't know he rapped and he didn't know I rapped. Yeah, I was inspired by hearing it. I was like, this is the shit, you know. I liked it. Uh and it was it was tight and I'm and I'll always be grateful that Raul gave me the opportunity G you know came on the track and hooked me up gave me some you know he gave me good good advice and even as far as the opportunity working with Tony A when you know it's unfortunate the way that thing panned out but you know yeah I was inspired by that song as far as rapping wise the last question he wants me to ask you here is um Besides your affiliation and involvement with Spanish Fly and the, that Lawless album, are there any other albums that you appear on that we're not aware of? Yeah, I told him about the whistle. Uh, Trix is saying about the whistle. Oh yeah, Kills for Thrills. Yeah, that yeah. that was like my intro to it. I was like, I was happy to be in the studio, and but uh, no, it was um, I did the. American Dream for Lawless. By the way, you killed it on that one. That was that was crazy. That was recorded at Scanner Studio. And the original track, the original track was produced by a guy named um, Stuart Weiland. Uh, G's, G's mentioned him, but I, I just want to put it out there. Uh, Stuart Weiland, he played everything over. Yeah, that part yeah that was tony a's exclusive producer that was his secret weapon mm. he did all the tracks um i i also have a, i have an uh i have mellow man ace's unreleased album i have it's the qualities i, I had the the songs all the ones that tony have i have all them songs he produced that whole album it never came out uh tony's leaked some stuff on on his uh on his podcast yeah but uh and uh me and Tony don't talk, but I, 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 uh, like on Instagram, I heard one of you guys say, yeah, I think he's butthurt because he, uh, that I get butthurt because Tony, a, uh, he actually engineered car date. Yeah. At Scanless. And, uh, I, so I did that there. I was on, uh, Westside Grins on Instagram and, uh, I just noticed he gets like, uh, butthurt easily. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he posted a he posted a post about um, Tony G was talking about Tony G was talking about that he hadn't worked with anybody from the West Side until he worked with um, Lawless, and then uh, but he mentioned that his card date song actually was recorded first with uh, with with Tony A. Okay, so j- just to clarify <laughs> for the listeners, you, you said Tony G at first, but you meant Tony A, right? I meant Tony A, yeah. 
Probation violate, they wanna throw the book at me. Looking at my long motherfucking criminal history. The DA and kicking no slack. Trying to send me up the river for somebody else's Chris neck. He actually engineered car date. Yeah. S. Scanless. And uh, I, so I did that there. Tony's a hard producer to work with, too. He works your ass. Like, he not works your ass, but he stays on you, man. He makes you rewind. Go back. Uh, you're not saying it right. Like, he's a he's a good producer, like, as far as artists. He he's like Dr. Dre, right? In that sense where he's going to, you know, zero in on that imperfection and make you work it out before you move on to the next bar or something. He he He's a good producer when, when it comes to that. He's, he's a... He's not gonna bullshit you. He's gonna tell you the truth. That's that's fucked up. And go back. You got to do it. Um, you got to redo it. But I recorded that. Um, the original vocals I did at Paramount Recording Studios with Daz, and then Raul um, from Lawless. He goes, "We're gonna put it on bajito." So um, I took it to Scanless, and Daz had just did the on the West Side. He didn't do the second part to it, so I did the second on the west side at Scanless, and Tony engineered it, and we put it out. Nice. Now I'm on the run, homes I'm in too deep. Got the motherfucking ghetto chicken following me. I'm just another suspect that they're trying to dissect. Like it was uh, the American Dream, I think I recorded the same night. It was the same night. Nice, nice. Yep. Um... That's crazy, dude. I, I know you still got a lot more to tell. I just, um, I might want to have you back on the show. Would you be down to do this again uh, another time and, and explore a little bit more about everything else that's going on? Because I, um, I, I want to make sure that I put this out pretty soon and I don't want to edit too many things out and make it a two different part episode. But I, I want to I wanna have you back on at some point in the near future. You down? No doubt. I, I'm... Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I know it's all like scattered and stuff, but it's like I wanted to be sure and tell my my side of it, the wrongs that I did, and uh, just be honest about it. And um, yeah, you know, I'd, like I said, and there's stuff like about Tony A. Uh, he is a good guy, but it's like, you know, why he wouldn't mention me? Even Brumfield, he went on he went on Tony A. Show, and Brumfield didn't even mention me. And I'm be honest with you, I was like. That's fucked up, man. Like, really? You know what? I, I will give Murray Brumfield um, credit for answering all my fucking questions, man. I'm the one that asked most of those questions when he was answering them. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Brumfield's, a, Brumfield's a trippy dude. He's a he's cool, man. Brumfield's a trippy-ass yeah. dude, man. Really trippy. Um, I definitely want to thank you for, for taking the time. And I know we, we got off to a rough start that we kind of killed that first hour instead of uh, actually recording. But um, any shout outs you want to give? Yeah, I just uh, I give a shout out to you guys. G Fun Junkie Podcast. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, definitely give a shout out to my wife, Rochelle, and my daughter, Madeline. She's going to be going to uh, Cal State Fullerton. Um, my cousin Trix, uh, Daz and Johnny D. I mean, for the music we did, and uh, one person I didn't talk about, my cousin Twin One. You know, I I had him in there, and uh, I was working a little project with him. But shout out to him, and uh, just shout out to to the people holding down Chicano rap which we called gangster rap it was i heard an episode where you guys are talking and and uh saying that 
that it was called gangster rap. I mean, gang, it was just like street rap originally, but they call it Chicano rap now. So mm-hmm. I give a shout out to them and, and uh, just thank you for giving me the opportunity. That, that's yeah for sure man i appreciate you coming on and telling your story um i definitely want to hear the remainder of this so good looking out thank you for the opportunity again guys I, I appreciate it and looking forward to hearing it thank you i'm gonna put this out pretty soon it's gonna take me about a month to go back in and edit you know i'm a i'm a father i'm a husband and individual last so yeah no doubt sometimes it takes me a little long to to put these things out but you know uh, I, I try to put my my best effort into you know crafting this and, and putting out some quality stuff for everybody to listen to so uh be patient <laughs> yeah the way you guys do it your format the way i mean the way you edit it i love it man it's, it's good stuff real good yeah. stuff i like the content i don't know everything but you know i, I try to try to you know do my homework on a lot of people and, and the music i listen to here so i appreciate you also um i will i mean i will talk about this on the next one but one, I think it was uh, the other the other guy. I don't know if it was LT or, or your, your co-host. He talked about Folsom. Now I do have I had an interaction with Folsom, uh, and you said about brown and Mexican how they how they were saying that they hung out in the city uh, Dominguez. They were like homeboys out there, Carson. Yeah. And uh, I think I'm an Emstas from Dominguez Hills, right? Yeah. So like, yeah. My investor and my investor, his homeboy, which is. Tony A's homeboy, um, he was going to actually put out Eminem CD, or he put it out, actually, and uh, Eminem stuff, and uh, yeah, but they were, they were like, I met them, I met their homeboy in Dominguez, and I almost got to like hook up with them too, but uh, that just never fell through, I wasn't in my thing at that time, but yeah. 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 Oh, okay, man, we, we gotta, definitely, I'm, I'm gonna write this one down, um, yeah, I think next time we'll, we'll approach this chronologically and, and see if we can format the story. That'll work. That'll work. Right. Yeah, I, I know it's it's all over the place, but hopefully you can get the edit and, and I know you will get it because it's you do an awesome job, man. I, I, I like I said, I appreciate the content. All right, man. I appreciate you giving us a chance here to tell your story. And, uh, you know, we'll um, we'll continue this another time. So like I always say, man, just chill to the next episode. Boom.